If you don't know me, my name is Jake, the young adult and youth pastor here at Resurrection Life Church. And uh, so, so, so honored to be here tonight. Um, I do want to address those, uh, some, of, some of us in the room who have a hard time believing in healing. And so we, we, we do this, and I, I, I've, I love healing, so I've heard it all. So some people will be like, oh, that's fake. <laughs> oh, that's just in their head. Listen, God's way better than we think. So let's change the way we think. Can I say it? God's way better than we think. So let's change the way we think. Okay, I'm done. I'm just going to go. <laughs> That's good. You guys can go. Have a good night. Um, <laughs> he's good. Like, it's that song. He's good. Like, that's the simplicity of the gospel is that while you were yet a sinner, God gave everything for you. On my worst day, filthy rags, addicted to pornography, while in church praising Jesus. On my worst day, putting on a Christian face, God still said, I see who you really are. And he's not waiting for me to get my act together to stop my sinning. He's waiting for me to see what he sees, which is that all of my past is forgiven, my present for, is forgiven, and my future is bright. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is, is incredible. <laughs> okay, I need to get to my notes. Not really, but... It's in my notes. So I want to talk to you, talk to us tonight about the very thing that I'm, I'm mentioning, which is it's the kingdom of God. But I'm going to find it. I'm actually going to tell you a story. Um, can we pray quick, actually, before we get started? I, want, uh, I just want to invite God into this. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for, uh, God, just for what you did and the healings that happen right now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that those healings God, would it be a testament, an evidence, God, of your power and work in their lives, that we wouldn't take it and be selfish with that, God, but we would take that into our secret place. And God, we would ask for revelation of what it really means about who we are and how much we're loved. And God, I pray that we would be a people that would burn with fire for Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray for this time that you would lead and guide this whole conversation. You would lead and guide this whole talk. God, that your name would be glorified. God, that you would be seen clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give a shout out to some people, actually, before I get started. Um, I want to give a shout out to first, uh, I didn't even know he was going to be here tonight, but um, he's actually a, a mentor of mine. And when I was 19 years old, I was in this room, and I was sitting right over there, right back, Sarah, but where you were. Like, that's where I was sitting. And uh, this gentleman got up on stage and started talking about, um, ha like, really hearing God's voice and actually having a relationship with Jesus, where there's an exchange, and it's not just rule following. And I never heard that growing up here, but that was just my 
understanding, and I was just kind of confused in my Christianity, you could say. And, and it was just the moment that the Lord met me. And so he's, and he, he not only spoke, but then he ended up mentoring me for the next f- four years, and he officiated my wedding. And I just want to honor him right now. It's actually Darren Tigelar, who's right in the front row. Um, so I just want to honor you and say thank you for investing in myself and, and Abby. And uh, I can truly say I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So uh, just thank you for being an incredible man of God and an, an example of, of a son. So thank you. Um, we all need it. Young people in the room, if you don't have a mentor, search one out. If you don't have someone who's, more, who's farther along, you need one. If you're doing it on your own and you think you can handle it, I'm so, you're wrong. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know, and you'll fumble along the way, and it'll be a lot better if you just get a mentor. Adults who are serving and loving Jesus, I'm not asking, find one person, one younger person, invest in them, walk with them. Sound good? Let's do this. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the whole exchange. It's the... It's the whole exchange of God's heart, which is mentorship and fatherhood and, and spiritual sons, spiritual daughters, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. And so uh, thank you. I also want to give a shout out to uh, my disciples, discipleship students over here. Stand up if you guys are in the discipleship program. So these, uh, these amazing people, there's four more who aren't here, but uh, there's nine students who go through our discipleship program, which is a nine-month program for, for uh, young people 18 to 25. We meet on Mondays from nine, uh, like nine to 3.30, and we just really uh, pursue God's heart. We walk with them and do some, do, um, we do like learning how to read the Bible, learning how to be a powerful person, learning how to be a minister of the gospel, um, learning how to be an evangelist everywhere you go, like all these amazing, um, uh, just different experiences that we walk with them. And so they're just, they're so, like, they challenge me so much. They challenge me so much just to keep growing in my faith. And uh, they just love the Lord. And I'm so honored just to, just to do life with you guys. You guys are amazing. And so actually, um, um, two of the, three of the students in the program actually helped me write this message. And so we uh, went to a coffee shop and, uh, and uh, we kind of just went over this, this story of, in, in the Old Testament, and we kind of just like, okay, what is this? What is this saying? What does God want to say to this group tonight? And so uh, they helped me write that message. So it was Elon, it was Nate, and then it was Spencer Conrad. So shout out to them for just uh, taking that next step of leadership. So, um, so really, I want to talk to you guys tonight about a story about a guy. So hold on, okay? Just wait till the story about a guy who God told this guy to marry a prostitute. And all the people who aren't familiar with the Old Testament are like, whoa, what kind of story is this? So it's about God told this guy to marry a prostitute. And I want to talk to us tonight about what the significance of this story uh, really has on our lives today. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip open to Hosea. It's in the Old Testament. It's right after Daniel. It's in Hosea, and it's about this uh, prophet named Hosea, and Israel, the, the nation of Israel, which is God's people, is in, is in this time of, of turning away from God, of disobedience to God, of, of, of really running away from their God. 
And so Hosea, who's a prophet, hears from God. And we're going we're gonna to focus in on the first three chapters of Hosea and really just look at what this says about us and what it says about Jesus. And so I'm going to start in, uh, in, in verse 2 of, of chapter 1. It says, When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her, for like an adulterous wife, this land, Israel, is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Deblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. So we have this, this picture. This is like wild, right? So there's this prophet, and God says to this prophet, go marry a promiscuous or a prostitute. Crazy, right? And so then throughout the, there's, there's symbolism in this, right? There's, 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 it's, a, it's a, like a prophetic statement or it's a, it's a picture that points to something that there's a deeper meaning in what God was telling Hosea to do. And then we, we, we flip over to Hosea 3. So Hosea marries Gomer. They have two kids. Or they have multiple kids, but they actually have three kids. They, uh, Jezreel, and then there's two other who, who uh, they name. And... Uh, so he has kids with this prostitute. And then we see this story unfold where Gomer, the wife, the prostitute, actually runs away. Runs away from Hosea and she falls back into her lifestyle of being a prostitute. And she's actually, scholars think she's either married to another man or she's actually in slavery being sold as a prostitute, even though she's still technically married to Hosea. <laughs> kind of a strange story. And, uh, and then this is, what Hose- this is what God says in Hosea 3. The Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man, and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods and love, this is, I don't get this part, love the sacred raisin cakes. I read that to Abby and she was like, my wife, she was like, sacred raisin cakes? Maybe somebody can help me. I don't, I didn't do a, a study on that. And then verse two in chapter three says, so I bought her so he bought, so she's, she's sold as a slave into prostitution. And this is what Hosea says. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Which if you actually do the, the, the cultural research, that sums up to 30 shekels of silver. Somebody said it. How much did Judas sell Jesus for? 30 pieces of silver. You see this? Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same way toward you. 
For the Israelites will live many days with, with, without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessing in the last days. <laughs> Can I read a... So, what do we see? We see Hosea marries prostitute. Prostitute goes back into old way of life. God tells Hosea, go buy her back. What is this, what is this symbolizing, you could say, or what is the statement? The statement is the people of Israel in that time were turning away from God. God had shown himself mighty. God had shown himself in the wilderness to Moses and the Israelites. He had given them, all, he had given them so many opportunities to see his power, his might, his strength, his salvation, and yet when push came to shove, they chose what they saw and they chose the lust of the world over serving God. And this says they, they, they worshiped idols it says they, were, they, they had sexual relationships with the, the people groups that God told them not to have sexual relationships with. And so we see the people of God as, as the Father's bride. We see the people of the Israelites compared to the prostitute who are married to God, who are in a covenant relationship with God. Because Abraham made a, God made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis, said, I will be your God, I will bless those who bless you, I'll curse. So God made the covenant with Abraham and all of his descendants, and now the Israel, the people of God, were prostituting themselves to the world. They were worshiping other gods and, and, and living as though God were not even real. And I want to take a pit stop here and talk about something that the, the, the Hosea talks about. And um, let me find it here. He talks about this thing that's the spirit of prostitution. Okay? Bear with me here. Is this, a little, is this okay? You guys okay? So it's called the spirit of prostitution. And I think we'd all agree that prostitution's a bad thing. Can we agree with that? Um, I, got, I lost myself in my notes here. Give me a second. Uh. Might be further down. So the spirit of prostitution is Gomer in the story. So she goes, she's married, she goes off, sleeps, loves other dudes, has sex with other dudes. Like, that's what Gomer's doing. And he relates prostitution with worshiping other idols. And I think in, in today's day and age, like some, some of us are thinking like, oh, I don't worship idols. Like I don't have a golden calf in my living room who I bow down to and, and worship a golden calf. 
So I don't worship any idols. I don't, I don't, I'm not an idol worshiper. And I'm not poking or, or, or condemning or, or accusing anyone. But what, what is an idol, I would ask? What, what is an idol? Simply put, an idol is anything that we place ahead of or in front of God, his kingdom, his word, his plans, his instruction, his will. Any, any, any created thing that we place in a higher place of authority or influence in our lives is by definition an idol. So idols come in all shapes and sizes. An idol could be An idol could be Michigan Wolverines, football. They, they frustrate me sometimes. They actually might be an idol for me. I have to lay that, lay that before the Lord. <laughs> an idol might be your kids. An idol might be your desire, your will. An idol might be any, like there are no limitations to what an idol could be in our lives in the 21st century. And the point isn't to find all the idols that are in the room. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is make the connection between the spirit of prostitution and idols. What is, what is the Ten Commandments? Thou shall not have any other gods. You should not have any, any other idols. And so as we make this connection, it's important to know that we, I'm going to read actually in Romans 5. If you, want, you can try to flip with me if you can keep up. So this is what Romans 5, 9 through 10 says. Therefore, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath through him? Verse 10. For when we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? We were all enemies of God. Colossians 1 says this. It says, Once you were alienated from God and were hostile in your minds because of your evil deeds, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, unblemished, and blameless in his presence. So what's the point? We're all enemies of God. We were all Gomer. Some of us in the room might still be Gomer. Where we have so many things in our lives that take precedence over God's will, over his plan. We have so many things that we're placing over his plan, his desire. We are so influenced by culture. We're influenced by family. We're influenced by emotion. We're influenced by our inward desire. We're influenced by unforgiveness. We're influenced by greed. We're influenced by pride. We're influenced by this and we won't get out of this. We're influenced by so many things. 
And it's taken the place of what God desired in the first place. We were all enemies of God. We were all Gomer. But what what does God paint the picture of? So he says, Hosea. He says, Hosea. Go get her back. (laughs) Like, like, y'all are looking good tonight, but some of you, you were ugly. Some of you, like, you were nasty. Like, some of you, like, put on a good church clothes, but some of you on the inside were totally dark. Were. Some of you, some of you didn't even know which way was up. Some of you thought you were okay, but you were putting on a front. And just like a prostitute in, in just like a prostitute, we were broken and empty and looking for love in all the wrong places. And yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While ye, we were prostitutes, while we were worshiping ourselves and our own understanding, God sent his son, just like God sent Hosea to buy Gomer back. The father sent Jesus to buy you and I back. I am so impressed with God. <laughs> if it were up to me, and I had a bunch of people who I called my kids, and they did that, I'd be like, sorry, you reap what you sow. I gave you so many chances. I gave you so many chances. I gave you, I split the Red Sea. Gosh darn it. I brought you out of slavery. I had that little dweeby boy David sling the slingshot and kill Goliath. I had this crazy dude Noah build an ark and then save everyone. And don't, haven't you heard of the testimonies of God the Father? Haven't you heard the testimonies of God Almighty? And yet you still choose yourself. How many of us can relate to that? How many times God has shown up miraculously in our lives, whether it was physical healing, provision, whether it was a friend at the right time, a word of encouragement, what, no matter how God sh- has shown up in your life, it is so easy to move our eyes off of what God has done and move our eyes onto what he hasn't. We have this, God, what have you done for me lately mentality. Well, I'll tell you what he's done for us lately. He sent, I'm so impressed by God. He sent Jesus to turn us from prostitutes to brides. Can you picture me in a wedding dress? Don't, please don't. Especially in 2019, do not picture me in a wedding dress. to turn us. Let me ask you, think about the story. I know you don't have the full context, but what did, what did Gomer do to deserve being the wife of a prophet, man of God? Absolutely nothing. 
she earn it? Did Gomer say, or did Hosea say, hey, Gomer, like once you, like once you stop sleeping with other dudes, then, I, like if you can go three months, like then, like, like then I'll buy you back. If you can prove yourself faithful, listen, God's not waiting for us to be faithful. He's already been faithful. And when you look into the eyes of the faithful one, you become faithful. Genesis 1, we are made in the image of God. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, Behold, look to him, behold him as, an, uh, as a mirror and being transformed into his likeness. So it's like we look to God and it's like a mirror. We see what we were created to be. And so we don't act our way into being faithful. We look to the faithful one. And as we look to him and we recognize how unworthy we were and are of his grace and mercy, it transforms us from the inside out so we can stop trying so dang hard. You see, most of us, in Galatians it talks about why would we who have started in the spirit continue in the flesh? The same way that you and I were saved is the same way that we grow. Think about your salvation story. If you haven't had one yet, it's coming. The Father's pursuing you. He's running after you. Being here is a testament of it. His love and his forgiveness is chasing after your heart because he has a purpose for your life to shine and live in radical love everywhere you go. Think about your salvation story. How did that, ha what, what happened? You recognized the beauty of God's grace and his mercy. You recognize how unworthy you were of his love. And that changed you from the inside. It's called grace. It says in Ephesians 2, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. As we look upon Jesus, as we look upon the story of what he did in the testament of his work on the cross and resurrection, it changed us on the inside. But some of us like to enter through the spirit, but we like control, right? Like, we're like, okay, God, you did that part. I'll, you can I can handle the rest. Listen, you handling anything got you in trouble in the first place. You handling yourself got you in the mess in the first place. You handling yourself turned you into a prostitute. The same way that we enter the kingdom is the same way that we grow in the kingdom. It's by recognizing, this is, this is why I'm so impressed by God. You see, usually the elementary things are the things that you grow out of, but in the kingdom, in God's world, the elementary things are the things that, you, that make you mature. Understanding God's love and forgiveness is the only thing that matters. <laughs> Understanding his truth and his word is the only thing that will change us. Otherwise, we, we overcomplicate it so much. It's as simple as this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sometimes, now we were sinners, we're now saints and we're children. We're the bride of Christ. We're the bride. It's a simple perspective shift 
which says, I'm moving away from striving and performing, and I'm going to move in returning to the first love, which is Jesus, the one who purchased everything. story of, of Hosea and Gomer shows me God's complete unabandoned commitment to us. God is so committed to us. God is so, uh, he is so faithful to us. He never changes. Yesterday, today, and, the, and tomorrow, he stays the same. He is totally consistent. And as we look upon him, we see the 100% dedication and commitment that he's inviting us into. Whoa, I'm talking to 2019 commitment. Don't talk to me about commitment. Because <laughs> if I commit to something, then I'm going to miss FOMO, fear of missing out. I'm gonna, if I commit to this, then I'm going to miss out on that. Listen, the only thing, when you commit your whole life to Jesus, the only thing you'll miss out on is something you were never created for. When you commit your whole life to following Jesus, doing life his way, pursuing connection and relationship, the only thing you'll miss out on is pain, disappointment, discouragement, and hell. <laughs> like, I, sounds good to me. But listen, as you walk that out, there's a process that God refines you and it's this, this, this single eye that we need to keep a focus on the kingdom. And it's a daily, daily, daily revisiting of God's mercy and his grace. It's a sincere surrender to God's mercy. Sincere surrender to God's mercy. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, it says this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. <laughs> they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What does that look like? Tomorrow morning at whatever time I get up, it changes sometimes, you know, the snooze button. God, your mercies. Some of us need to stop acting like we have God figured out. <laughs> There's a verse that says, pride comes before the the moment that we think we have God figured out is the moment that we're in our greatest moment of deception. Mercies, mercies are new every morning. God, you're, like for me, my personal prayer in this is like, God, I don't even know what I don't know when it comes to your mercy. So God, your mercies are new right now. Would you reveal through your son Jesus and your Holy Spirit what the mercies are for this morning? Would you reveal to me? You see, this is called relationship. 
right? It's not rule following. It's being the bride of Christ. It's being, it's being in connection and covenant relationship with him where we become so connected to him and his spirit that he teaches us all things. His mercies. <laughs> if you don't, okay, if you don't get anything out of tonight, his mercies are new for you every morning. Tomorrow morning, wake up and just go after his mercies. Go after his truth. <laughs> Can actually, we're gonna, we're gonna end here shortly. Can I have the band come up? That'd be awesome if they're around. something that Nate said when we were reading this that I really liked and I wanted to um, so the story of the Hosea and Gomer is a story of redemption forgiveness, and relationship. It's a story of a woman who's completely lost and whose husband would pay anything to get her back. And this story is new for us tonight. Even if you've heard the message of the gospel 1,562 times, the message of the gospel never gets old. <laughs> if it gets old, you've, we've stopped listening. The message of God's faithfulness and love and forgiveness penetrates our heart and it's the good news of the kingdom. He traded his life for ours. He bore our sin, our nastiness, our rebellion, our, our evil deeds, he bore those on the cross so that we might have new life. He took our disconnection and made us connected. He took our pain and gave us freedom. He, take, he took our sickness and he gave us health. He took our sin and gave us adoption to sonship. He took our orphan heart and made us sons and daughters. Every evil and broken thing was cursed on that tree. And fullness of the kingdom is available for us. For anyone, listen to this, for anyone who would believe. <laughs> for anyone who would recognize, wow, I am worshiping myself. For anyone who would recognize, wow, I am in desperate need of someone to save me. Wow. I am so lost and there's no way I'm getting myself out of this. I'm a slave to my own understanding. To anyone who would recognize, wow, Jesus is real. To anyone who would recognize that Jesus paid the price for my brokenness so that I could become a child of God. For anyone who would recognize, wow, Jesus really lived, really died, rose again on the third day 
so that I could become completely forgiven. <laughs> this never gets old to me. <laughs> it never gets old. You guys, I was so lost in religion. I was so lost in my pride and my own understanding and yet while I was still a prostitute, Jesus met my heart right where I was, right as I was in my mess and he said, let me take your mess, will you give your mess to me? And he takes our mess and he gives us his spirit, his truth, his presence in place of that. So, I don't want to do this. If everyone could just actually stand up. Everyone just, uh, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. If you feel like you're in the, in the Gomer stage right now. <laughs> Listen. Jesus is paying the, he's paid the price. All you need to do, he's paid the price for your junk, your mess. All you need to do is walk through the door. He's saying, come home. <laughs> he's saying, come home. He's saying, come home. But when you come home, you're not gonna meet someone who's gonna scold you and yell at you for all the mistakes you've made. You're gonna meet your bride, your savior, who will embrace you and make you as if you've never committed any sin. If you're in that Gomer stage, I'm gonna ask you to be bold and raise your hand on the count of three. And what you're saying is I need Jesus. What you're saying is I'm done living my life my own way. I am pursuing God's best in God's plan for my life through his son, Jesus. If that's you, your heart's beating a little bit quicker right now because you know it's you. You feel the tug on your heart of God wooing you and bringing you back. If that's you, just raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. I see that hand. I see that hand. you raised your hand, I want you just to just to thank and ask, or I want you to ask Jesus just to forgive you. And I want you just to quiet your heart. And I want you to ask God to reveal himself to you in a way that is so real.
God, you're amazing. Would everyone, would everyone just repeat this prayer after me? Say, Father, thank you for sending your son to live the perfect life, to pay my debt and to buy me back. Forgive my sin. Make me your child. God, from this day, I choose to surrender my life for the sake of Jesus. And I give my life as an acceptable offering to the Lord. Holy Spirit, I thank you and I invite you into my life. Holy Spirit, teach me what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to be a son or daughter in the kingdom of God. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.